2: AEW was last night. We got an AEW show to talk about, and the show obviously was the build towards the big pay per view, Double or Nothing, coming up on May 30th in Daly's Place. And we got five matches official for the show thus far. And if you watch the show, it looks like we got some other matches that will probably be in the works as well. But Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Pac scheduled to be the main event of the pay-per-view. That, of course, depends on if Orange Cassidy is all right. He was, he was uh, I don't know what happened last night. I mean, he was knocked for a loop. Uh, he underwent concussion testing. I was told that he passed, whatever that means. And hopefully they'll check out his neck and everything else as well. But if everything is okay, uh, between now and May 30th, it will be a three-way ...for the title at the pay-per-view. We got Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker for the women's title. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo, Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel versus several others in the Casino Battle Royal... ...where the winner uh, gets the opportunity. Kind of like Money in the Bank, but not really. When you win, you get a championship match whenever you want it. But you don't carry around a briefcase or anything like that. Hangman Page versus Brian Cage... With the, it's basically double or nothing, like Adam Page has fallen in the uh, rankings as a result of losing to Brian Cage. But I guess the storyline is if he beats Brian Cage, he goes back up to the top, and if not, he falls even further. Double or nothing. At double or nothing is the way they described it. So that is the lineup so far for that show, with more matches to be added. Uh, also, Stadium Stampede has been, uh, well, it will likely be made official. Uh, The inner circle has been given the opportunity to accept or decline. We'll find out their answer. I think they may accept. But anyway, lots to talk about today, ratings, and so much more. Back in a moment Wrestling Observer Live.
3: And now today's cleaning tip from Tubba Towels heavy-duty cleaning wipes. Most people are disinfecting more frequently these days, but did you know there's a difference between disinfecting and cleaning? Cleaning is the first step before disinfecting, and is needed on a regular basis to remove germs, dirt, and dust from surfaces. Plus, keeping a clean surface helps minimize the growth of future germs. And now a word from Tubba Towels.
4: Oh, tub. oh, at Tubba Towels, we started with the toughest messes and quickly realized Tubba Towels heavy duty cleaning wipes can clean just about anything like stubborn brake dust, spilled paint, even permanent marker. There's literally thousands of uses. Proudly made in the USA with over 30,000 five star reviews. Find Tubba Towels heavy duty cleaning wipes at your local auto parts store, the Home Depot, Lowe's, and more. Look for the big yellow tub.
3: And now today's rust-eating tip of the day, presented by Free All Deep Penetrating Oil. You're all set for a quick tire rotation until you have a rusted-on wheel. Coat those lug nuts in penetrating oil, let them sit for a few minutes, and you'll have them off in a cinch. Now give a generous spray into each mounting hole, place a 2x4 on the outer edge of the wheel, and smack the wood with a mallet, just enough to create some braking force and vibration. Repeat if necessary. And now a
4: word from Free All.
6: You are listening to Wrestling
1: Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here. Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. we got a lot of news to get into today. Talk about uh, AW in a minute, but first off, yes, if it's true that I ridiculed Paul Fontaine, And I apologize here on the air. But I'm not the kind of guy that ridicules anybody. So I find it hard to believe that I ridiculed him. He claims that he said that when AW and NXT switched days, AW was going to do significantly better, but NXT was going to fall to the levels that it was at head-to-head very rapidly. He says I ridiculed him. Quite frankly, if he said that, I maybe should have ridiculed him. But you know what? Mm Mm-hmm. He was uh, right. Now, granted, it was one week, but I think he's right. This NXT number, apparently my timeline was a hoot yesterday. I did not go near it, but that's what I heard, a hoot. Oh, yeah? The NXT show on Tuesday, 697,000 viewers. It didn't even hit 700,000, down 8.4% from last week. Lowest number the show has done since March 31st, which was two weeks before they moved to Tuesday, 18-49, 25th on cable last night, with a .17 rating, down 5.6% from the previous week, the lowest number that NXT has drawn in the demo since March 24th, the lowest the show has finished on the cable charts on a Tuesday. Numbers down in every demo, with the exception of men, 18 to 49, females, 12 to 34. So, you know, when when AEW did a uh, poor number a couple of weeks ago, when they were going head-to-head with uh, Biden's speech, which did like 19 million viewers, everybody was like, oh, Brian's making excuses, blah, 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 blah. Bro, I'd like to make an excuse for this number, but there is no excuse. There was nothing else going on on cable. Nothing. There was nothing that drew 19 million viewers going head-to-head. There's literally no explanation for this doing 697,000 viewers, other than people just didn't want to watch the show. And we reviewed the show yesterday. I liked the show. I thought it was a pretty good show. Was it a huge marquee show? No. But still... 697,000 viewers with no head-to-head wrestling competition, unopposed on a Tuesday night. That ain't good. Now, why it's fallen to this level so quickly, I have no earthly idea. But all I can do, and I know that when people do this, I say, well, you know, you're one person. You're right, I am one person, okay? But this is my opinion as to why I think the show is falling so quickly on a Tuesday. One of the reasons. There may be many reasons. Listen, I like wrestling. I like to watch wrestling shows. I grew up a WWE fan. I wrote a book about 100 Things WWE Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die, which was basically a love letter to WWE. Of course, it's fallen off the rails in the last couple of years. That was unfortunate. But I watched that Raw show on Monday. I have to. It's my job. I watch that whole Raw show. When that show is over... I'm not ready for more WWE 24 hours later. It's one thing when I can watch that horrible Raw show, and then, like, I had a day off from WWE, and then on Wednesday, like, I can watch the AEW show, which was a good show, and then I follow it up, and I watch the NXT show, and, like, everything was all right. But after watching those three-hour horrible Raws on Monday, I mean, dude, I'm not ready for another show on Tuesday. And I watch it on Tuesday, but... And this is not even the fault of, of NXT, but... Tuesday night, like always, man, I did everything that I had to do, and I put off watching that show as long as I possibly could, and then I watch it because I have to watch it on Tuesday because I do this show on, on Wednesday. But quite frankly, if I didn't have this show on Wednesday where I had to talk about NXT, I don't know if I'd watch NXT on Tuesday nights. So maybe I'm in the minority there, maybe there are other reasons, but the fact of the matter is the show did very poorly unopposed, and I don't get any other good explanation as to why. They
7: don't have stars that feel bigger than the brand. Doesn't help. And there are stars there. You know, we talk about them with Swerve Scott, with uh, Phantasma, with other people that are there. There are stars that can be created there, but nobody feels bigger than the brand. Nobody feels like a must-see to tune in. And I know Dave mentioned the... CWC, in some ways, I think the CWC looks better than the Thunderdome and has been uniquely used when it comes to that video screen in the crowd. And I think they've done what they can with it. It's just one of those things. It's a tough road to hoe that way. So I don't blame that. I just blame the fact that they don't have any buzz right now. And the fact that the show feels like you can miss it—I mean, again, it—it's got that antiseptic feeling, that's for sure. And I don't believe that that's got to do with the CWC. I just think it's got to do with other things as well. But, but the biggest thing when it gets down to when it comes down to brass tacks is who you gonna tune in to see? Who's the average person really excited about? Who's that? What Raw or SmackDown viewer? What are they fired up to tune into on NXT? And you know, in, in in months and years past, you know, it's certainly been it's been the undisputed era or it's been a Kushida debuting or this or that and they just don't they're just not humming right now. And that at the end of the day, I think is their biggest issue is what's the reason to tune in? And right now, there's just not enough of one for enough people. So, it's too bad, too, because the show, you know, over the last 5 weeks, 5 6 weeks Ever since they made the move and kind of, I thought, reset themselves, they've been putting on solid shows, but solid obviously is not
2: mattering right now. Some bloke here on the chat goes, why doesn't Brian skip NXT? Because I like it. It's a good show. I think it's a good show. It's a great show some of the time. You know what I was thinking, too? Because there is criticism for these Dynamite shows, even from people that actually like Dynamite. And uh, one of the criticisms, obviously, is that there's, there's way too much stuff going on. And granted, like, there sometimes is way too much stuff going on. I mean, I can, I can give you examples last night from when there was way too much stuff going on. Uh, one example was when uh, SCU lost and then had to break up forever. And that may be the end of Chris Daniels' career. I mean, they lost the match, and it was to the back. This and then good. they came back, and they had like a seven-second recap of them hugging. And then it was right to the next segment. Bro, if that's the end of Christopher Daniels' career, he deserved more time than that. At the end of the show... Darby Allen loses to Miro. Miro beats him, and he ends his streak, you know, nine straight title defenses or whatever it was. And what did they do? There's like 8 million people running in to shoot 8 million angles, and it was like, Darby deserved better. But here's the point, okay? I would prefer if they didn't have so much stuff going on, okay? But the show is doing great in the ratings. Number one on cable last week. Like, Maybe the show would do better if they didn't have so much stuff going on. But maybe the show wouldn't. I don't know. I never even know what people want to see in wrestling. The the raw numbers, like shows number one, two, and three in cable, Like I don't know what these fans want to see. Clearly, it's something I don't want to see. But the point is, I can be critical of AEW, but I'm going to be less critical because they're doing well, as opposed to NXT where every week, every week I point out, why don't we have more of a card? Why do you announce something at the very last second? I had had somebody in WWE last night going, oh, AEW announced a match at the last second. Yeah, one match. Like, they announced all of the important stuff last week, and you can't even compare the two anyway, because one is doing well, and one is not doing well. So when one is not doing well, and I have criticisms, like, I really do think, would NXT be doing better if you if you announced bigger matches and you announced them in advance? I mean, could they be doing worse? I think I exactly. guess they could be. But, like, maybe they would be doing better if they announced more stuff in advance. With AEW, maybe they would be doing better if there wasn't so much stuff going on on the show. But at the same time, the show is doing well. So how hard can I criticize, criticize them when the show is actually doing better than it's ever been doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what fans want to see. I'm flabbergasted. Like well, uh, it, even if you don't know what they want to see,
7: if if those fans are being served by their product and feeling full, then it it's hard to deny whether that be raw, even if it's terrible, or you know AEW. Are they serving their fan base? Seems, seems like they are. Seems like they're pretty energized and happy with what they get. Is that NXT fan? Maybe not. I don't know. It does the, what Raw gets in comparison to what NXT got it's mind-boggling it shouldn't be that way but unfortunately it is that way and they need to figure out a formula for nxt to make it something that people feel as though hey i gotta watch
2: this show tonight back in a moment observer live
1: you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Now obviously, this is not a completely fair comparison, but I'm talking about uh, Raw and AW, and guy goes, well, Raw's doing well as well. Well, yeah, in some ways they're doing great. 1, 2, and 3 on cable is great. However, and again, the comparison is not completely fair because AEW is now unopposed. But compared to last year, Raw is down. Down 3% in viewers. Down 3% in 18-34. to 34, Audience down 5%. Like, down. Right? Then we got uh, AEW here. And granted, there's no NXT, but up 49% in viewership, up 50% in the 18-49, to up Uh, 11.8% in 18-34. to Up, 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 up. NXT, I mean, NXT is up a little bit, obviously, in the same deals because they're no longer running head-to-head with Dynamite. But uh, let's see, so Dynamite up 49% unopposed now. NXT up 15% unopposed. Where's the rest of those people? Why are they not watching NXT right now? What's going on? Plus, my prediction for June is looking bad. Although they are still up. I said both shows would be up. But I want NXT to be up higher. 697,000 viewers unopposed. I don't know what to add to that. Believe me, we all want Raw to be higher, too.
7: Because that helps everything. We want it to be better. Well, we want it to be better, and we want those numbers to be higher, too. Because that's the one thing you go, yeah, it's one, two, and three. But look at where they're at right now, look at the trend of where they've been at, look how many fans they've lost over the last year, three years, five years, seven years as you go back, and there's an issue there. Regardless of whether you're 1, 2, and 3, that's fine. You can stand at the top of the mountain, but you know the pebbles and the gravel will cause you to slip, and at some point, you know you got to be careful with that. You can't just keep going, well, yeah, they're 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, and they probably will be for quite some time. But when you keep atrophying people, you cannot, you know, if you're pointing out that they're number one, you cannot also ignore
2: that as well. All right, so last night on the show, let's take a quick look at what happened. So Eugene got a John Moxley IWGPUS title. It was worth the wait, brother. They beat the hell out of each other. They had a very fun match. Moxley hit him with a paradigm shift, dropped this poor guy in his head, pinned him, great opener they bowed to each other afterwards fans went nuts for wild thing which is the new music for john moxley they loved the match i thought this was a great opener we had an inner circle promo which i'm going to get to in more detail here in a moment we had cody come out and he did an old school dusty road style promo and long story short he's an american this anthony agogo is an englishman and uh At the pay-per-view, he's going to be the American dream Cody Rhodes defending this country and his wife and his unborn daughter against this evil uh, Englishman. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. I think that you could say without question that Cody Rhodes has incredible delivery, whether you loved it or hated it. SCU versus Young Bucks for the titles and the future of SCU as a team. Young Bucks defeated them, pinning Chris Daniels, who who bled like a stuck pig. I thought this match was great. Great storytelling. And this may be the end for Christopher Daniels. I do remember on the uh, Jericho Cruise last year, uh, Daniels did this long speech where he teased that he was going to retire right there on the boat, but then he pulled the old Rick Flair. and said something like, I will never retire! We'll see about that one. But, man, if that was the end of Chris Daniels' career, I mean, he went out on his shield and I wish they would have given him more time there at the end. But who knows? Maybe they'll have some sort of, of ceremony or s- speech or something like that in the future. But match was very, very good. We had a Christian interview where he was challenged by Matt Seidel for next week. And they also announced both of them are in the Casino Battle Royal. Orange Cassidy and Pac I'll talk about more in a second. We had uh, Alex Marvez with the Hangman where the Hangman challenged Brian Cage. They'll be having a match at the pay-per-viewer. Uh, hangman's gonna try to get his number one contendership back, or he falls even further down the uh down the deal. We had the Pinnacle Coronation, which ultimately led to MJF challenging the inner circle uh to Stadium Stampede at the pay per view, the stipulation being that if the inner circle loses, they must disband forever. We just saw that earlier in the show. I have more to say about this later. Uh, Britt Baker, promo, talking about the pay-per-view. And then uh, the main event was Darby, Ellen, and Miro. And we talked about this yesterday. Who wins? Who goes over? Miro's on a tear. Darby's been a great draw, and he's been a great champion. What do you do here? Well, clearly the decision was Darby's over whether he has a title or not. And so Miro beat him clean in the middle. Miro is the new TNT champion. And afterwards, we had a whole bunch of run-ins and et cetera. It looks like it'll be Scorpio and Ethan versus Sting and MJF, and also Miro versus Lance Archer as his first challenger. Uh, Darby Allin was incredible on this show. I mean, he's been incredible his entire run, but he was awesome on this show, great champion. Mike, any thoughts before I go into detail on the two things that I've saved for later?
7: Uh, you know what, go ahead. You just go ahead and fire into whatever it is, and we'll pick, pick, pluck it off from there.
2: Go ahead. Okay, so the first thing is... Uh, the, the the pinnacle in the inner circle. I have a couple of questions about this, and I'm no, I'm not going to go to the ones I had last night about why did they do do the order of the war games and the and the uh, uh, stadium stampede because quite frankly both shows are in Daily's place, and so like the reason that they only did a one match show for the live crowd was because they have no way of raising and lowering the cage. So all of my complaints about why don't you do war games in front of people at the pay per view. They may not have been able to. They can't raise and lower the cage. So that's probably the reason for that. But here's my big complaint about this. Well, there's two of them. First off, why in the world was Chris Jericho back? He got thrown off a cage. That guy's supposed to be dead. And he's back a week later. Now, with that said, you see that big thing on Chris Jericho's arm? He fell off that cage. And he, I think he fractured his elbow. I forget the exact injury, but it's a legitimate elbow injury from falling off the cage. So he fell off the cage. He legitimately hurt himself. And then we've had a week of everybody talking about how fake it looked.
7: Now, was that, well, let me just be clear here. You're saying the injury came directly from that. That's not yes. something that is being woven in because
2: he needed to get no. his elbow cleaned up or something like that. He he whacked his elbow on the landing, and like he fractured his elbow, and now he's got that big thing on his arm. Now, I had this big speech yesterday about how, like not listening to geeks on the internet and everything like that, but I have no idea what Chris Jericho thinks. But if I'm Chris Jericho, and I fell off that cage and I fractured my elbow, and all I had to hear was how it was fake and I fell on boxes and it looked terrible, I'd be pretty mad. But anyway. But could you have waited a week? I would have waited a week. What I would have done, in fact, I would have waited longer because my feeling is Chris Jericho, first off, he fell off the cage. He shouldn't have been back this week. They could have done the same angle where MGF challenges the inner circle and he says, listen, we'll give you the rematch, but if you lose, you have to break up. And the question for the inner circle is, well, can we do this? We don't have Chris Jericho. In storyline, he's dead. Well, we're going to have to think about this. I don't, I think it's next week. They're not on Wednesdays. They're on Friday or whatever the schedule is. But one of these Wednesdays, they're not on and they're doing a Friday show right before they do double or nothing. That's when Chris Jericho can come back. And it's like, oh, it's down to the wire with the inner circle. They have to make their big decision. Should we do it or not? And they say, yeah, we're going to do it. And the inner circle or the pinnacle laughs, ah, you're going to do it, you fools. You don't even have Chris Jericho. That's when Chris Jericho makes his triumphant return. He says, I am here. And then you go on to the pay-per-view. That's how I would have done it. And then Jericho wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been there. So the other the, – a lot of people are really upset about the uh, spring, the bubbly – because, oh, it was too much like WWE. Listen. I don't care if you copied Angle from WWE that got over then or gets over now. Do I want you copying voodoo and blood coming out of a dude's head? No, okay? If you liked it, great. If you didn't like it, I don't even have a problem with that. I don't have a problem whether you liked it or not. It's up to you. Like, whatever. But here's my problem with it. Sammy Guevara cut a fantastic pay-per-view or a a fantastic promo earlier in the show where he said you either give us a rematch or we will put you in the grave i was like man this is some serious stuff here they're gonna put him in the grave if they don't offer a rematch so then his plan to put them in the grave was to spray them with bubbly (laughs) that didn't even make any sense I thought there was gonna be some violent, vicious brawl, and anyway, that was my problem with it—not what they did. I don't have a problem with copying an angle that worked. Like that's the whole point of wrestling. All wrestling is is about copying things. You copy things that worked, and you preferably don't copy things that didn't work. You can't argue that what WWE did with Steve Austin and the beer truck, like it worked. People have been talking about it for 25 years. What you can no longer do an angle because someone did it 25 years ago? You know WWE if they want to copy something from AEW if it worked fine whatever that wasn't that wasn't my issue but anyway those are my thoughts on that and I uh, dare
7: say that uh, Santana being arrested for using a fork in a professional wrestling match in a promotion where men and small dwarf like people have been kidnapped you know I I think that may be
2: maybe actually even worse well maybe. But we have to go to a break. I'll tell you why that didn't bother me as much after the break. Observer Live. We
4: Ready for an oil change? Our professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts recommend all the best products to get the job done right, like five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil on sale now, just $28.95. And we'll make sure you have all the supplies you need, including a filter, funnel, shop towels, drain pan, and more. Stop
6: by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. My doctor prescribed me Viagra, It wasn't covered by my insurance, so it was costing me like $65 a
8: pill that's expensive. Over 20 million guys like us use Viagra. Over a certain age, we just need it. I found a way to pay less than $3 a pill and get virtually the same effect of the $65 pill. I heard an ad just like this on the radio called and for $99 I got 40 generic versions of the $65 pill. Save yourself money and call right now and get over 40 pills for $99. There's no embarrassment here Use Viagra if we're over 50, we need it, but not at high prices. Call now with your credit card and get the 40 pill special for just $99.
6: 800 399 3691. That's 800 399 3691.
5: I'm Ron Barr. All my life, I've been active playing tennis, pickup basketball, cycling, and swimming. But let me tell you, as I've gotten older, my body now tells me when enough is enough and I've done too much. Did you know 100 million Americans suffer from ongoing pain due to aging, exercise, overexertion, and the effects of everyday living? I want to recommend Relief Factor to you. Relief Factor can help all those body parts that are hurting, sore, such as neck and shoulder, back, hip, or knee, or just general muscle aches and pains. Here's what I recommend. Go to relieffactor.com to find out more. And Relief Factor has something special for the Sports Byline USA Network listeners. You can get their three-week quick start program for just $19.95. That's only 95 cents a day. So give them a call at 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384. Or check it out at relieffactor.com. So... How can I promote my new curbside pickup service? It's possible with Staples Connect.
7: I need custom floor decals that'll get noticed, not just walked on. Also possible, Staples
2: Connect can help your business grow with custom printed sales and marketing materials. And now get 15% off signs, posters, and decals when you spend $75 or more. Explore what's new at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. And 529. Visit staples.com slash signage for details.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Let me tell you why I not only didn't mind the Fork Story, but I actually liked it, okay? All right. Yes. It is, on the surface, preposterous. You do a blood and guts match, and one guy goes to jail for using a foreign object, okay? Like, MJF tried to kill Chris Jericho. He threw him off a cage. Why isn't MJF in jail? Because the story is, first off, uh, Santana was unavailable. And I think Jericho, maybe on his podcast, said that he hurt his back in the match. Dave said he was sick. I don't know where the guy was, but it doesn't matter. He wasn't there, okay? So, we got to have a story. Why isn't the guy here? They could say that he got hurt in the match. That'd be fine. But the story they said is that he tried to stab MJF with a fork, and he ended up in jail. The key to this story is that the reason that he is in jail is because this cowardly goof, MJF, filed charges against the guy because he's a coward and whatever other word you want to say about the guy. So, clearly the story is going to be that, you know, Santana's going to be back next week, and my guess is they'll say that, uh, Judge it right out because it's ridiculous. How can you file su- charges against somebody? They-, they took a look at it, and it was in a wrestling match. Whatever. But it's all about MJF being a coward. Why is MJF not in jail? Because Jericho didn't file charges against him. Because he's a babyface. Nobody else filed charge, But MJF is such a coward. Oh, he tried to get me with a fork. I'm calling the police. And the police come and arrest the guy, and then he'll be back next week because the charges will clearly be thrown out. You can stab somebody in blood and guts. That's the name of the match. That's why I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was creative. See, Tully tried to avoid that uh, champagne bath as much as he could. Oh, yeah, but then they, Tully, uh, my nitpick on Tully, <laughs> Tully is, Tully goes, I, I, spent, I spent a few thousand dollars on these gifts. And then he, he presents, like, really nice watches. I'm like a few thousand dollars. If these are really nice watches, then these are all five-figure watches. And you bought like five of them. You downplayed the money you spent. He should have spent he should have said, "I spent the average salary of five of you fans on all of these matches or all of these watches or whatever." <laughs> Instead, he was like, "I spent a few thousand bucks." I was like, "Oh, so you got a bunch of counterfeits from some guy on the subway in New York." I got it. <laughs> bought them from the same guy the Young Bucks bought their shoes from. Now, the other thing. We've got to talk about the uh, the three-way. So here's what was going to happen. They were going to go to a 20-minute draw. And for those of you wondering, like, what, what was supposed to happen and what wasn't supposed to happen, the, the only thing that was an actual audible was the belt shot to the back of the head that knocked out Pac that resulted in the double down. Everything else from uh, Callis coming out and doing a promo and Omega and Tony Schiavone coming out, that was all going to happen anyway because they were going to do a 20-minute draw. So what happened was they, they went like 14 minutes or something like that, and Pac ends up kicking Orange Cassidy, which I guess was the beginning of the problems, and then he immediately dropped him on his head with a sit-out powerbomb. And Orange Cassidy is like, he doesn't know where he's at. So he rolls out of the ring. And, you know, Aubrey and Pac, initially, because the guy rolled out of the ring, they didn't know how he was, he was injured. So they go to commercial. So Orange knows that he's not doing well. And so I guess his idea was, well, i got to last six more minutes. Like, put me in a headlock or a chinlock or whatever. So they come back from commercial, and Pac just lays on the mat with the guy. So at that point, Aubrey's like, this guy, he ain't doing well. So she calls the doctor over. So the doctor comes over, and he's talking to Orange Cassidy. And it's pretty clear Orange Cassidy should not be finishing this match. They're supposed to go to a draw, but there's minutes on end left. That's when they called the Audible to have Callis and Kenny Omega come out early. They distract the referee. And then uh, Pac gets hit with the belt. They do the double down. They call the audible to count both guys out. So they didn't have to do anything else with Orange Cassidy. They got to the same destination, which was both guys, like no winner. And then they come out and they announce it's going to be a three-way at the pay-per-view. Now, if you don't want to see a three-way for the AEW title, I have no problem with that decision. If you argue that it's too WWE... I mean, to a degree, I agree because of the way that they ended up having to call the audible where it's just two guys get knocked down and the referee counts to 10 and it's a tie. But that wasn't what was supposed to happen. They were supposed to go to a rare draw. In general, I don't like three ways for the championship because I hate the rule that Kenny Omega could lose his title without being pinned. Two things. I don't know what their rules are for the title. I don't know what their rules are for DQs. and the th- I don't know anything about that. Because they've never done a three-way for the singles title. So, once, I'm fine. Do I want them to regularly be doing three-ways for the title? I don't ever want to see someone win the title without the champion being pinned. But we're not there right now. They've never even done it a single time. Doing it one time in the two-and-a-half-year history of the promotion fine like it's not that big a deal to me but I don't want to see it done regularly and I really don't want to see the cheapening of the title I don't want to see Pac pin Orange Cassidy and win the title I don't want to see Orange Cassidy pin Pac and win the title I don't think either is going to happen so I am okay with occasionally doing something that is done elsewhere in wrestling I don't think that's like a disaster
7: no it's it's just silly everything in wrestling has been done before in some sort of you know, way or shape or whatever it is. I don't like the cheapening of the stip because much like you, I'm not a huge fan of three-ways and title matches, you know, unless this was ECW, unless it was the Paul special, the three-way dance or the triple threat, whatever it was. But in this case, you don't have two guys that are feuding with each other that are also feuding with somebody else. And I understand that both Orange and Pac are in contention to get to Kenny Omega, but to me, why waste it now? As opposed to when you have three forces kind of working against each other, you, you know what I mean? I, to me, it's you want to be careful when you use that. Now that they've used it, I don't really want to see it again for quite some time. And I think by doing that, you take away the opportunity to have, you know, kind of like the situation that they were in at one point when you had you know, Cody Rhodes, uh, Eddie Kingston, and Lance Archer all kind of, like you know, triangle against each other. You know, at least there was some reason for some, you know, for, for, for that to be there, as opposed to, we just want this to be a really cool match, so we're going to throw, you know, Pac and, and Orange Cassidy in it. I I think you want to be careful when you do these types of matches that you're, you know, because you don't want to overdo them, that are you doing it for the the right reasons right now? And I I, I don't know if that's the case, but throw all that stuff aside, once these three get in the ring with each other, you know, at least you got to go,
2: it's probably going to be pretty great because who was involved. Here's my, here's what I would do. I'm not Tony Khan. I don't know what the guy's going to do, okay? But if it's me, these are my rules if I ever do a three-way in my promotion. Rule number one, you can be disqualified in a three-way. I hate this no DQs in a three-way. It just immediately, at the very beginning, it's like, if there's no DQs in this three-way, like the good brothers should be in the ring from start to finish helping. Yeah. And yes. then the best friend should run in. And, you know, Pac's crew should, it should be like there should be 50 guys in the ring if there's no DQs. That's number one. It's a stupid rule. There's no DQs in the three-way. And number two, you want to protect the title? Anytime there's a three-way, it is always elimination rules. It is never Kenny Omega can lose his title because Pac pins... Orange Cassidy If I'm booking this promotion If Pac pins Orange Cassidy Kenny Omega is still the champion Orange Cassidy is just out of the match Now Pac needs to pin Kenny Omega If he pins Kenny Omega he's the champion Kenny Omega pins Pac Kenny's the champion That's it It makes the whole thing It doesn't bastardize the title The champion has to beat two guys But guess what Whoever If someone else wins the match They also have to beat two guys None of this no DQ crap I mean, there's not going to be a DQ anyway, but, I mean, no DQ. I hate that stipulation, especially when, like, the bad guys just stand outside the ring politely even though there's no DQs. It's just dumb and insults my intelligence. You do it three-way, no DQs, elimination style, I'm fine with it. Well, that was another thing that ECW got
7: right, too, was to do that three-way dance where... You know, the champion may lose first, and then you got to go on and, and, you know, we're going to get a new champion decided here because Kenny Omega's been pinned. Now, I don't believe that's going to happen, but that's why I like that one. I prefer that much, much more, absolutely, than the triple threat style where, oh man, the, the, the champion can lose the title without getting pinned. You know, that's cool as a step once in a while that's another great example of something that's been horribly bastardized you know by WWE since they're, they're the only ones left to do it but that's been horribly bastardized in pro wrestling big time so to go back to what you were saying in that style plus it gives Kenny Omega too it gives the heel even if they nefariously win both matches, or they steal a victory the first in the first match, you know, and then in the continuation they they get some outsider, whatever it is, it gives them something to brag about. Whether they, you know, obviously whether they win it cleanly or not, odds are it's probably not going to be cleanly. We're going to get some good brothers. We're going to get Don Calves. We're going to get something like that. But when Kenny Omega walks out of it, man, I beat two men. In a row, you know. this is what you guys put on me, and I still have this title. Come on, Don, let's go party, or let's go to Impact, whatever it's going to
2: be. You know, the other thing, too, the reason why, if I were Tony Khan, I would do my rules? Because I want my promotion to be different from WWE. Yeah. When they announced that three-way, the immediate criticism that I heard from people was, I hate it because I hate when WWE does it. Well... Which, I mean, WWE way overdoes it. But number one, I mean, is it really fair if you're running a wrestling promotion that, like, you can't do something because the other company does it? But at the same time, one of the reasons that people hate the way that WWE does it is because of the dumb rules and the cheapening of the title. So if I'm running a company and I'm going to do three way matches, I'm doing different rules. Like, honest to God, it's way too late, but, like, if I were Tony Khan when I first started my company, I would have just done, we don't do 10 counts. We do 20 counts outside the ring. You can count it out at 20 instead of 10. Different from WWE. Like, whatever you can do to make yourself different from WWE, I would do. You can still do some of the stipulations they do, the matches they do, and everything like that, but it's okay to be different. And now, if, 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 and maybe they'll announce those rules next week for all I know because they've never done a three-way, so we don't know what their rules are. I hope those are those rules. And if they are, then, hey, that's great. You're differentiating, you're differentiating yourself from the other company, and you're letting fans know that when we do a three-way, you're not going to get screwed and the, the title devalued by Bobby Lashley not getting beaten to lose his U.S. title. Let's see what I we agree. Got <laughs> well, yeah, to play devil's advocate, Jer- Jericho didn't do anything physical last night he was protected and seated it's possible he is still hurt Well, i mean we know he's still hurt cuz he got a big old yeah. thing on his arm <laughs> hey look for anything
7: anybody says about falling onto a crash barrier i think of chris jericho hey, granted he's he's out there so you can't you know you can't hide behind your age when you're the one strutting out there every week you got to live with that but you know This is no spring chicken there, and that is, you know, he went through a a match, and I don't care how people, well, the match slowed up when Jericho got in. He's 50 years old and not Sammy, of course. They were kind of building to the, you know, the the rise of getting Wardlow in there, and then, you know, Hager, and and then Jericho, you know, it was going to slow up a little bit, but that's still a big bump to take. So, you know, everybody kind of bust on about that or, hey, what do you want from the guy? I mean, he did go, go through and do it and he did what he had to do and got hurt doing it. So
2: these are the breaks. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
6: That's 855-325-1780. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right totally risk free what do you have to lose you can't buy pet joy multivitamins in a store the only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer and if you call right now learn how to get two bottles free with your order turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper ain't that right boy he said call pet joy right now 800 846 2153 Eight hundred eight four six two one five three. Eight hundred eight four six two one five three. That's eight hundred eight four six twenty one fifty
8: three.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting
2: Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. I want to address one thing, and I probably shouldn't even say this because I don't know for sure, but I can just tell you from experience, okay? That thing on the ground that everybody is saying was Chris Daniels' blade, okay, (laughs) Do you remember a while ago when I told the story of when I bladed in my backyard wrestling federation and I used one of those big old exacto knives, okay? Which was wrong. That thing on the ground was like 3 times the size, okay? Every blade and I I had Buddy Wayne tape blades to me and he was old school and I saw Buddy Wayne tape blade yeah, dude that's the thing neat. on the ground was way bigger than that thing. An actual blade, every blade I ever used or ever worked with somebody and they used, dude, that thing was so small. That thing was the size of maybe uh half of your smallest fingernail and probably even smaller than that. It was a tiny little thing that you put in your in your wrist tape. And obviously there are others that you would put like in your trunks or or if you were uh, Shawn Michaels, you put it in your mouth and God then you put bless. it in yeah, your trunk. But, like, <laughs> dude, Chris Daniels has been around forever. You're trying to tell me that that guy had a blade like that big? No. no. I mean, maybe it was, but, like, <laughs> I would be beyond surprised if well, that he bled was. like it, at least. We know that. Dude, you could bleed, like bleed like you with that with little a... tiny thing. Oh, like, I you know, just go but... like this all the way across. Yeah. <laughs>
7: Yeah, I know he's not bruiser Brody coming out there against Lex Luger with the uh, the knives on his fingers like Freddy Krueger, the bladed
2: fingers there. But Well, uh, if that guy yeah. cut himself with that thing that was on the ground, like he's more ballsy than Jericho falling off that stage. <laughs>
7: yeah, he's ballsy to do enough of what he did with, by hitting that
2: gusher. So, hey, Christopher Daniels, a memory on the way out. If that's going to be it, that's for damn sure. We're out of time, everybody. I want to thank you all for listening here today. Ratings up in a moment at Brian Alvarez. We'll talk to you again next time, Wrestling Observer Live. Hey! Yeah. Yeah.